the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Positive Living. And can my guests hear me, Judith and Jim? Hello, can you hear me? Hello. 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 Well, I guess my guests cannot hear me, folks. We're going to have to do something about this. Um, you, my guest today, today is Valentine's Day. And as you probably know, I always do positive living, and I always believe that, that in Voice America, because in Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now. And what positive living does is bring you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. Today is Valentine's Day, February 14th. We have on the perfect guest, if they can hear me. Um, my guests are Judith Shervin and James Nikowski. And Hello, they are. Hello, can you hear me, Judith and Jim? Patricia, hello. Can you hear me? Well, folks, we're having some trouble. I'm hoping that our technician will come on the air very soon. I hope so. Judith and Jim, can you hear me? Hello, Patricia. We can hear you. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Oh, yay. (laughs) Yay. Hey, is right. Hello, Judith and Jim. We didn't get a chance to talk off air, which we will during the break. But hello, and how are you? Well, we are. We're terrific, and it's a great pleasure to be talking with you again. Thank you. And let's tell people who you are. All right. All right. We have um, best-selling authors Judith Shervin, Ph.D., and James Nikowski, Ph.D. They are a husband and wife team. They are psychologists. They've appeared on over 600 television and radio shows, including Oprah, The View, 48 Hours, and the list goes on and on. They are the authors of several books. The two that I will mention are Beloved for Who You Really Are, How the Differences Between Men and Women Can Turn into the Source of the Very Best Romance You'll Ever Know, and The New Intimacy, Discovering the Magic at the Heart of Your Differences. Well, and I've had Judith and Jim on the show often, and when we talked, we said the Valentine's Day show is the show. You are the role model for couples. Oh, well, it's our pleasure. We, as you know, Patricia, we say that we bring hope for almost everybody because I didn't get married to Jim. That's my one and only marriage when I was 44. So I dated for a very long time. I sympathize with people who struggle with being single, and Jim... And this is this is my third marriage, and as Judith said, we bring home for everybody. Absolutely. So we you know, before we go it. on, before we go on, what advice do you say to those folks that don't have a partner right now, through either death, divorce, separation, or other circumstances, and feel alone on Valentine's Day? What would you say to them? Well, Patricia, first of all, sometimes it's really important for people to take some time to be alone. And I would urge people to honor that and not uh, stress themselves that everybody has to be in a partnership today. I'd also suggest that people who find themselves alone, for whatever reason, make sure that, particularly this evening, they do something that is a pleasure, whether it's getting together with friends, 
even taking themselves to the movies, whatever it might be, that they do not sit around and be depressed or unhappy. That's the worst thing they could do because this is just Valentine's Day. It's one day in the year. Yes, it's a sweetheart's day. But people who are alone need to be focusing on the, the positive benefits of spending some time by themselves because you know, Patricia, that sometimes people go from relationship to relationship and they never learn about who they are alone. And then they don't bring a strong self into those relationships. I wrote a column on that this week. And I said to those folks, go go out and buy yourself some roses. Yes. And remember the beautiful times. Because there were beautiful times. Uh-huh. All right. Now, you say that Valentine's Day can be the most dangerous day of the year. And why is that? All right. Yes. Well... It's dangerous because of the expectations that it lays on everybody. Like we just opened this conversation with a concern for those who are not together or who are not with someone. Yes, it's true that if you want to be with someone, Valentine's Day may be particularly difficult, but so would every other day depending upon your need. It's on Valentine's Day, however, that the whole society says you should be with someone. And not only does it say that, but it says you should express it in a particular way, and then yes. we are confronted with a whole variety of products that we can buy and that we can purchase to give to the one we love. There's also another aspect, and that is the expectations. Let me tell you a quick story. Judith worked with a client a number of years ago, and uh, she was waiting at her office to receive some kind of Valentine's Day gesture from the man that she was. Um, they it appeared as though they were going to be engaged. And she waited all day, and nothing arrived. While all of the fem- all of her female friends, or perhaps not all, but some of them, received uh, gifts of one kind or another at the office. So she was enraged. And so she, when she got home, in front of her garage was this huge bouquet of flowers, and it was in fact from him. But she, because of Valentine's Day, on any other day it would have been a delight. But because Valentine's Day was a day when you're supposed to show off the person that you love or be showed off by that person, and nothing came to the office. She was enraged, and they got into a huge fight. And one of his points was, if what you're going to do is demand that I I do a protocol Valentine's Day, send something to your office, instead of see what I actually did, and by the way, he was willing to make concessions. Nevertheless, if if the relationship with you is going to be such that I have to follow these uh, societal demands, I'm not sure I want to be with you. So the danger is really well expressed in that story. Mm. That could actually make or break a relationship, couldn't it? Right, exactly. And it almost broke this relationship. Well, on Valentine's Day, can you imagine of all days? Right, right. The day when it's all supposed to come together. That's why I say again, there's such a demand placed on us. And if we submit to that demand, then we have to follow. uh, Another thing, Patricia, is we end up following cliches. We send roses or candy or do something instead of taking the time to really un- really come up with something that expresses not only my affection, for example, for Judith, but something that I know is meaningful to her as well, whereas a dozen roses might be nice but mean nothing. Did you get her roses? What are you doing for her, Jim, today? Actually, we are working together today, and she is wearing her earrings and a pin, and what I am doing is I am taking off her hands a huge load of work that she normally would do that I am doing today because I wanted her just to have a day that's more relaxed than it might otherwise have been. Well, and he also gave me a wonderful teddy bear with some with the flowers about a week ago. I did that too, about a week ago. 
And what did you do, Judith? What was well, your... I got him a card and wrote him a love letter. And then when I was in town today, this will sound very minor, but Jim uh, has a particular kind of toothpick that he particularly likes, and they're hard to find. And I knew I could find them in a particular place. And so I got that. And then there's a particular kind of donut that he likes that he only likes it from one specific place. And he he wasn't going to go into town himself, so I got him one of those donuts. And so it's been kind of a low-key Valentine's Day, but as you can hear, we are doing things that really matter That's to right. each other. That's right. And then tonight we're going to watch a video um, and just play. And will you watch a love video? Oh, yes, it's a love video. And then you never know what will happen later. Oh, yes. <laughs> My question is, let's talk about love. Is, Good. Is, is this what love is, guys? Is it the hearts and the flowers and the chocolates and the kissing and the... What is love? Well, I think for so many people, uh, Patricia, as you're sort of pointing to, they get confused and think it is the chocolates and the flowers and the champagne and, and so forth. And they, they miss the part that love, bottom line, love is the care and concern for the other person, their well-being, their dreams, their hopes, their unhappiness, what bothers them, the struggles they may be going through, that you sincerely care about the other person in their own right. So there are lots of people out there who say, oh, I really care for you, and I know what's right for you, and I'm going to turn you into who you should be, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a big extreme makeover program. You didn't sign up for it. That's not love. And in order to accomplish everything that Judith just described, you have to take a sincere and ongoing interest in the other person. And that is an expression of love. I really want to know who you are, and that's sincerely. That's not manipulatively. That's not for my own benefit, other than we have this relationship. But I'd like you, and I'd like to know who you are, so that when I express that, that's an element of love, aside from, in addition to the care and the concern in this or that given moment. You know, you also talk a lot about the magic of differences, and actually in my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, I actually quoted a story from the two of you, and it was about how there were things that bothered each of you, and you got to appreciate them, and instead of them becoming a conflict, it was more like, wow, I can really appreciate that about him and her. And I'll have to go back into the book, and I will as we're talking, um, to pick up that story. But it was really an eye-opener, and it's what you write about in your entire book about the magic of differences. Well, that it, instead of saying, oh, isn't this awful, we look at the wonder of it all. Exactly, Patricia. We're helping people in, in all of our books. They're all geared to, in a sense, make up for the lack of training that people uh, have. I mean, we, we ask people at our workshops all the time, did they get relationship training? And the answer is always no. And so when they run into their uh, lover or their boyfriend or girlfriend's differences, and they certainly are going to show up, all too often it feels threatening, it feels dangerous, and people get into horrible, horrible fights about who's right and who's wrong because there's this misperception that there's only one way to be right. And then they wreck their relationship. But as you're saying, Patricia, when Jim and I got together, 
we're both pretty strong-minded and strong-willed, and, and we knew we were going to have to come to a new way of understanding differences if our marriage was going to last. And we will celebrate 17 years married come April, 18 years together, March 7th, actually. And that's what we want people to, to learn about uh, is the magic of differences and all that you learn about yourself and about the other person and how expansive life becomes when you open to the beauty of the differences between the two people. Let me read this from my book. Judith, Judith said, when Jim and I were first together, it was clear that he loved nature. He loved clouds and trees and dogs and mountains. We lived in Los Angeles at the time and fairly often had to cross over that big mountain to get from Santa Monica to the valley. Jim would be going into great detail about the mountains, the greenery, the clouds, and saying how gorgeous they were, and I'd be saying, would you stop it and pay attention to the freeway? I didn't grow up appreciating nature. It wasn't just in my, it wasn't in my family, and I didn't have that kind of awareness. But little by little, because Jim con- continued to admire the stars, the dark sky, or a little flower, or budding rose, I realized that he had a much fuller appreciation of love than I did. So by osmosis, I began to be more and more aware of nature. Now I'm often the person who says, Look at that cloud formation or sunrise. Precisely. And the point of that story is twofold. One, that the other person brings to the relationship a point of view just by virtue of being the other person that, that, I, that, that you don't have. So you are expanded not only by the fact that you love this person and this person cares for you, but, but this person is different from you. The phrase we use is, the other person is not you. So uh, Judith gets to see nature in a way that she hadn't before. She has taught me a great deal while we've been together. And here's the second point I want to make. Not, but that story illustrates the fact that it wasn't anything I was trying to impose on her. I wasn't saying to her, you must see nature or you must see it my way or whatever. I just was who I was, and she saw who I was, and as a consequence, I had an influence on her changing in a way that she hadn't anticipated. So We're going to have to take a break, Jim. I went over time. I got so enthralled in talking to both of you that I wasn't watching the clock like I usually do. So we're going to take a break. We are talking to Judith Shervin and James Nikowski. They are husband and wife Ph.D. team psychologist, their author of Beloved for Who You Really Are and the New Intimacy. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Information you need, when you need it, VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Betsy Serafin. On the show, Betsy will talk about the importance of having God in your life, as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific to Mario Verdad, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. 
So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Dr. Pat Basile, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific to Voice America Health and Wellness for Staying Healthy with Dr. Elson Haas. Each week, Dr. Haas will focus on a different health-related topic as well as have on many expert guests that will give you many practical health tips that you can apply to your life. So tune in and improve your health with Dr. Haas and Staying Healthy every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Can you hear me? Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Positive Living brings you practical strategies and positive solutions to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. We're on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can go to my website, raskinresources.com, and you can listen to my archive shows on my site and get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, which I just quoted a wonderful story uh, that my, from my guests. We are talking about love. Today is Valentine's Day, February 14th. My guest is, guests are Judith Shervin, Ph.D., and James Nikowski, Ph.D. They are a husband and wife psychology team. They are authors of many books. They are also have been on many of the major talk shows. Their books are Beloved to Who You Really Are, How the Differences Between Men and Women Can Be Turned into the Source of the Very Best Romance You'll Ever Know, and The New Intimacy, Discovering the Magic at the Heart of Your Differences. Welcome back, Judith and Jim. Thank, Thank you. you, Patricia. Uh, sorry that I haven't been able to speak with you during the break, so we're going to try to fix that because I would like to be able to say hello to you when, when we're off air. Okay. So hopefully that's going to happen during this next break. Um, all right, folks. I think what I'd like to talk about next is really what you want people to know this Valentine's Day. What is it you, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. You have a newsletter that's thriving. You have a website that's thriving. And your website is themagicofdifferences.com, correct? Correct. correct. Yeah. All right. And what is it? What's come, what comes up for people over and over? What do they really need to know, especially today? Well, it's perfect for today, actually, Patricia. Uh, we did a survey of our uh, easing list uh, sometime back, uh, and we invite anybody who's interested in uh, receiving our free easings to go to themagicofdifferences.com and uh, give us their first name and their email address, and uh, they'll start receiving that. But in our survey, we asked, what is the number one question you most want to know about relationships? And we had several hundreds of people respond, males and females. And, Patricia, about 85% of the answers could be put into one category, and that is, how do we keep romance alive? Mm-hmm. That was the number one question. And so we have devoted a lot of uh, time to creating uh, suggestions and programs to help people with that because, Patricia, as you know, nobody gets any training for how to date effectively 
for how to have a successful marriage. And there is so much emphasis on the wedding, on getting married. And then two people, after the wedding's over, the honeymoon, they're, they're at home and it's time to take out the trash. They don't know how to be romantic anymore because they're married. What does that mean? So one of the things that we want to share with your listeners is what we call making love out of bed. People focus a great deal on sex and making love physically, but the romance that can be created between any couple on a daily basis is stuff that happens out of bed. Those little pats on the arm, the little hug while you're waiting for dinner to cook, the little squeeze, even cuddling in the morning when you wake up or when you go to bed at night, all the sweet little endearments that you can leave on emails or on phone messages, things that you do all through the day that take no extra time. People say, oh, we have children. We're too busy. We can't do that. But, Patricia, you know at the dinner table what kids would love to hear more than anything is for mom to say to dad, you know, Harry, you're the best. I love you. You are so much fun. Or for dad to say, sweetheart, this dinner is delicious. You are such a wonderful cook. I love you. You make my life so much richer. Kids would love to hear that. And yet parents don't do it. What a shame. Please, everybody listening, make love out of bed. It's called being positive, being caring, yeah. showing what, as, as you're saying, I think our society has, our society is very sexualized for one. Right. So we everything around love is around romance and sex and looking right and wearing certain clothes and, and now even changing our body and altering it to look a certain way. Right. Right. As if that has anything to do with love. You know, it may make somebody feel better about themselves. It may be something they truly want to do, and that's fine. But that's not going to make them be able to receive love into their heart and into their soul any better unless they feel that they are deserving. And it's another message we want to give today is please receive the love that comes to you. So many people even just bounce compliments away as if they're toxic. But we all need to practice receiving the care and attention and love that we get. Okay, I've got a question. If you receive a gift from your loved one today, but it's not exactly what you wanted, how do you handle that? Well, that happens a lot, and it happens not only today but all days. The fact is, you know, we've all heard the phrase, it's not the gift, it's the thought that counts. Well, there's a real truth to that. If, first of all, somebody is sincerely bringing you something, and they really want you to be pleased by it. I don't mean, I'm, I don't mean something, I'm giving you a gift because it pleases me to give it to you. I'm giving you a gift because I want you to be pleased with it. Mm-hmm. On that assumption... If you receive something that you don't particularly care for, the first response should be the gratitude to the person who took the time to care enough to give it to you. Thought of you, made some effort, did some, put, put him, him or herself out, and actually brought it to you. That's number one. And then you can say, depending upon how free you are in your relationship or how intimate you are emotionally with the person, you can see either right then or perhaps an hour later or perhaps the next day, you know, it, it didn't quite, it wasn't quite what I was looking for. And hopefully the other person will say, well, if that's the case, let's go back to where I bought it and we can pick something out for you together. 
the worst thing you can do is take the gift, pretend that you like it, and then then put yourself in the box of having to keep it because you've now pretended that you've liked it, so the other person's going to have an expectation that you will use it or wear it or whatever. And now you're in a bind because every time you look at it, it just intensifies the problem. The best thing to do is just be honest, but be honest with the care that you know that you want to deliver to the other person who cares about you. And, and Patricia, this did happen to us on a Valentine's Day a few years back. Jim gave me a nightgown that was not right for my body shape. And it was a very pretty nightgown, but on me it looked fairly dumb. And I said, honey, I really appreciate your thought. This is really a lovely idea. But as you can see, this isn't quite right for me. Can we just go back to the store together? He said, great, let's do that. Let's go back, you know, next Saturday, and I'll be glad to help you pick out something that we both like. And we found a wonderful emerald green uh, robe that was just fabulous. And it's, it's been actually made that Valentine's Day much more memorable. Actually, it turned out to be two Valentine's Day, the day of the original giving and the day of the return and the repurchase. <laughs> but but you have to say something also, Jim, for you. Not every man would have had the sensitivity to react the way you did. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, then then you're in a different situation, Patricia. I mean, if if I am giving Judith a gift, and what's important to me is that I am giving it to her, then one, we're really not talking about a gift, and number two, we have a relationship. We have an issue in the relationship that's outside of the gift giving. Even in that context. You still have to be able to, first of all, speak your truth if it's that moment or, or day later or whatever, and do it kindly because even if I had given Judith a gift with me in mind mostly, there's still something about what I'm doing that is worth being compassionate about. If, in fact, I am insistent that my gift be the gift that is appreciated, then we have other issues in the relationship beyond gift giving. Okay. All right. So what you're saying is bringing up deep, deeper issues of unappreciation, feeling that you're not good enough or that you can't please this person. You think that's what's behind that? Well, yeah, for sure. There's a certain narcissism, and there's also a narcissism that I am I am choosing uh, I'm choosing something for her that I think is going to be smashing on her or that she can use or whatever. But I've never really taken her into consideration in making that decision and never took the time to be curious enough to understand and determine what it is that she likes. Uh-huh. You know, Patricia, we the title of our third book, Be Loved for Who You Really Are, really speaks to this issue because if you can't be honest, if you can't speak up to your partner about whatever your concerns are, you know, this particular kind of issue of you've been given a gift but it's not quite right for you, and you feel like you have to put on a performance, then you can't ever trust that you are loved at all. Mm-hmm. And the pain of that is so great that we encourage people to, by all means, speak up, speak your truth, and if it's not met well, well, then you do have an issue on your hands, hopefully one the two of you can work through, mm-hmm. but that's far more productive, far more respectful of both people than playing games and pretending that everything is some um, La, 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 way that it's not. All right, we're going to take a break. We are talking to Judith Sherman and James Nikowski. They are husband and wife psychology team. Both PhDs have been on many, many 
programs over the years, nationally syndicated programs. They are the authors of several books. The two most recent are Beloved for Who You Really Are, How the Differences Between Men and Women Can Be Turned into the Source of the Very Best Romance You'll Ever Know, and The New Intimacy. Folks, you're listening to Positive Living. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. Today, more and more student-athletes are bypassing college and heading straight to the pros. Matt Bush, Freddie Adu, LeBron James. Discuss the benefits and pitfalls of going pro on the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks provides straightforward, no-nonsense talk about the current and sometimes controversial topics facing student-athletes and their parents today. Agents want to make money. Schools want the publicity. The Sport Mavericks wants what's best for you. So whether you or your child is thinking about bypassing college or looking for the best university to showcase their talents, listen to the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks, smart talk for parents and athletes. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis, and you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Would you like to know what your animal kids are actually thinking and feeling? Well, then join Joy Turner and talk with your animals every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. On this show, we talk about animal communication, life from an animal's point of view, and alternative ways to relating to your wonderful companions. You can even call in and have Joy ask questions of your pets. So be sure to join us for this fun, educational, and definitely unique hour of radio with Joy Turner's Talk With Your Animals, the show both you and your pets are going to love. Every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and rebroadcast at 10 p.m. right here on voiceamerica.com. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard's Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard's Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard's Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. You can call us at 888-335-5204. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. You can also log on to RaskinResources.com. You can get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, and you can listen to all of the shows that have been archived on my site. Today is Valentine's Day. So we have a special show for you with the, the, the two, the love doctors and the love people and the relationship experts, husband and wife team. 
Judith Shervin and James Stokowski, who are PhDs. They are the authors of many books on love, as well as being guests on many, many of the nationally syndicated television and radio talk shows. Their latest book is Beloved for Who You Really Are, How the Differences Between Men and Women Can Be Turned into the Source of the Very Best Romance You'll Ever Know, and The New Intimacy, Discovering the Magic at the Heart of Your Differences. Welcome back, Judith and Jim. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. You know, um, one of the things that I think people really want to know about relationships is that this whole notion of the romance and the romantic periods and the ebbs and flows, maybe what you can talk about is how relationships change in their different stages, that we're not always going to be romantic, we're not always going to be in love the way we're in love in the beginning, but we're also not always going to be having arguments. So how do you help your readers and the different phases of relationships? Thank you for that question, Patricia, not only to us because we'd like to talk about it, but to all of your listeners because it is critical that people understand that love is not stagnant. And the deeper the love, the less stagnant it is. And in, we use a phrase, we say, let love lead because it will take you into all areas of your relationship, your psyche, and your sense of self. The, there, we all are familiar, and our culture primarily is familiar with the first, what we call, passage of love. We use the word passage because we want to give a sense of an active and dynamic movement. The first passage of love, of course, is the beginning when there is the, there, the, what people call romance, and unfortunately, the, the word romance has been associated only with the first passage, and, but there, there, there is the infatuation, the high emotions, and if people are sexual, the, the, the intense sexuality and the gift-giving and the wonder and all of that. Well, we call that period a glimpse of what is possible, and we mean by that that you do get a glimpse into what the relationship can be, but it is only a glimpse. And like anything else that grows on this planet, we all start out in the beginning. We all start out in the beginning with wonder and awe at the sheer experience of life, and that's the same thing with a relationship, whether it's with another person or we have the same relationship if we buy a new car. It's a wonderful thing to have a new car, and then eventually it's just gets a car gets you where you want to go. And unfortunately, that's how many people relate to the next stage of the relationship. Well, and Patricia, you know, just like the car gets dirty and it gets a, a dent in it, uh, the two people start to dent into each other. They start to clash, mm-hmm. and we call that second passage the clash of differences. And, uh, in fact, our book, Beloved for Who You Really Are, goes into vast detail about all of these passages because we know that people don't receive any training and don't know what to expect as a relationship changes, and they often misuse this second passage when they start to clash. They either start fighting in really damaging, painful ways. They start screaming and shouting and, and even being emotionally abusive, uh, fighting over who's right and who's wrong, rather than understanding there is a spiritual purpose for the differences between two people, and the spiritual purpose is to help us outgrow our narcissism. It is to help us grow past being self-centered and open our hearts to someone else who is different from us. Now, there's a critical element here 
that has to be taken into consideration during the clash of differences, and that is that both people have to have the well-being of the relationship as their highest priority. If people get into a win-lose, my way or the highway, then the relationship is not the highest priority, and the and the and the uh, the union and the connection that the two people have is not the highest priority. But it's someone's individual desire or intention or will or whatever. Both people have to be focused on the well-being of the relationship. Sometimes that takes it's difficult to work through an issue. But if I am, if something rises up and my only concern is to defeat Judith and be the winner, then that is going to drive a stake into the heart of the relationship. And the question we ask people who are in that situation is, why would you want to live with somebody that you wanted to defeat or be defeated by, for that matter? Mm. And the third passage, the third passage, uh, no surprise, is the magic of differences. As, as Patricia, as you pointed out, our work always works its way back to helping people understand the magic of differences. And when two people really are devoted to their relationship and they let love lead, they then are required to open up to all the lessons that love offers them. And the payoff is they get to explore and enjoy the magic. And as we said earlier, the richness that is brought to the relationship because they are different from each other. The the vast wonder of seeing life through different eyes and different senses and different perspectives, um, opening to the adventure that wasn't possible before you were with this particular person. There is so much magic that is available when we open to where love wants to lead us. And we, we want to stress again that love is always asking us to grow Mm-hmm. It isn't always peaches and cream, and so often people, when it starts to get a little tough, bow out, bail out, mm-hmm. um, you know, they get in the way of love. But finally, the fourth passage is the grace of, of the grace of deep intimacy, and that is when, and you've met couples where, you know, they're, they've been together well, and they really are open to life. They, they are such full, loving beings that the love that they share now exudes out to everybody that they meet, and they really rejoice in just being alive. So love has a big journey in store for us when we, when we join up with another person, and we, we are wanting to bring the divorce rate down by helping people understand that there's a great deal in store for them when they sign on for getting married. Mm. What do you say to couples who might be listening to this and, and one of them feels distant in the relationship or feels bored or feels they can't communicate or just feels like they're stuck? We all, well, for two, two things. One is relationships, all, all relationships will get stuck at some point or another. That's just part of the growing process. You have to find out where you're stuck and how you can get out of that being stuck and work at it. That's one aspect. So to some degree, being stuck is not necessarily negative. It is just part of the overall process. However, there is yet another kind of being stuck where, in fact, you are really stuck. And the point is, let's just use the word boredom. Uh, let's just see, talk about the concept of boredom. If I am in a relationship and I am bored, generally speaking, the person will blame the other. I will blame Judith for my boredom. But if you take a close look at a relationship... Uh, the reason that I am bored is because I am progressively less involved by my own choice. I'm not speaking up. 
I'm not asking for what, I, for, for, for what I want. I'm not putting my complaints on the table. I am not participating in the relationship. Well, of course, if that's the case, I will eventually be bored. Or for the other, one of the other major, um, not major, but frequent complaints is I have lost my sense of attraction to the other person. Well, when that sense, when that begins to happen, did, did I do anything about it? Did I speak with the other person about it? And also, am I willing to take a look at myself? Am I operating like a child who believes, for example, that when I am with another person over a long period of time, that changes won't take place in the other person and that changes won't take place in me and that we have to integrate those changes and think about them and work with them. Otherwise, we are stuck in what is happening in this culture, which is romance and love are only the first passage. And when that starts to go, people don't know what to do, so they start looking other ways to get it back, and that often leads to divorces, affairs, and of all kinds. Instead of the... the conscious and, and dignified integration of the fact that we are humans, we get together, we grow old together, when in that growing old things change, if I am complaint, if I have a complaint about something that's going on, I had better speak up, because if I don't, it will become malignant, and eventually it will become a relationship cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's really a lot about understanding each other's needs, respecting them, speaking up, communicating, not harboring resentments, it's a lot about that. It is. It is indeed, Patricia. And, uh, you know, so often people aren't aware of that when they get married. They have fallen in love, and it's very exciting and very thrilling. But they expect love to just sort of take care of itself, and they expect mm-hmm. the relationship to just roll yeah. along. And then, you know, it starts to fall apart because they're not making sure to stay connected and they're not resolving their conflicts in a way that aids their own growth, and certainly the well-being of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is really important information that you've invited us to share with your, with your listeners. And Patricia, I'd just like to make a point. I, I, can't think, I can't remember the name of the movie, but this, the male star was James Garner. And it was a recent movie that's been it's out. It's The Notebook. Say it again, the, the Notebook. The Notebook. The no, thank you very yes, much. Yes, and I saw it. We're going to have to go to break, Jim, but okay. quickly. Um, I saw it, and it was very powerful. It's very really powerful. about love. Right. And about real love. Real love. Right. Yeah, very powerful. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll have another segment. I'm talking to Judith Shervin and James Nikowski, husband and wife team, PhDs, author of The New Intimacy and Beloved for Who You Really Are. You can go to their website at themagicofdifferences.com. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We are here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Rory Goray, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption efforts of the former race dogs. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. 
is Dr. Peter Sams. I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On mind, brain, and body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Mind, Brain, and Body on VoiceAmerica.com. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Connecting your world. The Internet's number one talk and information station. VoiceAmerica.com. Real people, real problems, real change. Hear live hypnotherapy radio on Get Your Ship Together with Scott Sulak every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Scott and guests will provide you with the life-changing information, interviews, and insights on how to unleash your hidden potential and live the life you've always imagined. Experience the benefits of hypnotherapy every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time with Scott Sulak on Get Your Ship Together, live hypnotherapy radio on voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You've seen the pictures. You've heard the stories. Killer tsunamis in 12 countries. Thousands of children and their families dead. Millions left homeless. But UNICEF is there. The lead children's organization in the world, UNICEF provides life-saving medicine, nutrition, clean water, shelter and blankets in emergencies. Right now, millions of survivors need our help. Call 1-800-4-UNICEF or log on to UNICEFUSA.org. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Valentine's Day. We have the perfect show for you. If you'd like to call in, there's still time, 888-335-5204. Positive Living is always on Voice America, America's Voice. On Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And you can log on to raskinresources.com, listen to my archive shows on my site, and get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living. You can also log on to themagicofdifferences.com for my guest website, my wonderful guest who I've had on many times, Judith Shervin, Ph.D., and her husband, James McCaskey, Ph.D. I call them the love, the love couple and the love therapist. And their books are Beloved for Who You Really Are, How the Differences Between Men and Women Can Be Turned into the Source of the Very Best Romance You'll Ever Know, and The New Intimacy, Discovering the Magic at the Heart of Your Differences. You can log on to their website at themagicofdifferences.com. Welcome back, Judith. Thank you very much, Patricia. All right. We have probably about maybe nine minutes or eight minutes. Okay. And I think what I want to do, because there's so much we can talk about, is I want to put the ball in your court, and I want you to share with listeners some other very important things 
that you think we're, we're missing. I mean, I think we're missing a lot in our culture with the romanticizing of what real love is. And as we were talking about before the break, the notebook made me cry. I was crying uncontrollably mm-hmm. because that was real, real love. And to be able to have that real love in your life, I think is so special. And when you haven't really had that depth of love in your life, when you watch a movie like that, you can see it. Well, and also, yes, you can see it. It's like you can smell it and touch it and feel it because it's right there and you know it's right. Even though you may have had the hearts and the flowers and the romance and the chocolates and the candies and the cards and I love you, when you see that movie and you see the real depth of love, right. that's a different story. And, right. and it takes a commitment. Now, I'm not using the word commitment trivially. It takes a commitment to love itself. You know, for all of our, the, all of the, Humanities talk about love. Love is difficult. Love is not. Love is not a cakewalk. We all think love is going to come down and everything's going to be okay. But love requires participants. Love can't love by itself. It requires participants. People who are willing to go where it takes you. And if you look at that film, for example, he loved her dearly, but she went off in ways that he that many people would have walked away from. Yes, they would have. But he loved her dearly. And so he was willing to go where love took them, and ultimately so was she. And the end of the film it just tears your heart out because they, they had such beauty together. Mm-hmm. What, what, what I would like to say is we are doing something these days, Patricia, that we haven't done before. We are doing what's called teleseminars. They're seminars by the phone. And we are, we, we've invited, we've had people call in from all over the United States and in England and Germany. We've been conducting these seminars by phone. And one of the seminars we conduct is called Smart Dating for Success Every Time. Mm-hmm. And one of the principles, and, and I'm bringing this back to your question about what in these nine minutes I would like people to, to know. One of the principles we use in this teleseminar, which and they've been very successful and very powerful, is, because people have, people have changed the way they went about seeing relationships, is one of the elements is, is that you don't make excuses or make up stories for the other person when you're in this dating process. That's true all of our relationship life. But my point is, let's just make, uh, give you an example. Let's say that someone's out on a date or someone's dating someone and the person, let's say it's the female or the male, it doesn't matter, uh, is, is for the first three dates and they've only had three dates, that the one person is late every time. Well, what we tend to do, particularly if we're attracted, is we make up stories, we make up excuses. We say, well, she was late because, you know, she had a friend who needed her, or he was late because he was out with the guys or whatever. And what we're trying to tell people is that it is far more romantic to stay in reality because you have to see what's right in front of you. We have a tendency to, to withdraw into our or be sucked back into our own fantasies and expectations and try to keep those in place and then refuse to see what's right in front of us. So if some, for example, this person is late, what do you do? Well, you don't make an excuse. You say, now, look, you're late, number one, why, what's happening? You find out, number two, why, what's happening? If the relationship is meaningful enough, you might stay through three or four. But somewhere along the line, you have to face reality. And that's what most of us don't do. I want to reiterate, we either get sucked back into our expectations or we want to hold them in place. So in large measure, we often fall in love with our own imaginings of what's going to happen instead of what's right in front of us. I implore people that if you're out there and you're dealing either at the beginning of a relationship or anywhere along, 
Pay attention to what's in front of you because that's where reality is. And if your love is going to sustain, it will sustain and take root in reality, not in your fantasies or imaginings. And the other thing you may want to address, Jim and Judith, is not be fooled. Not be what? um, Or tricked or seduced by the out-trappings that can be very appealing. Yes, exactly. can be very seductive. Very. But the fact is, Patricia, I had a client years ago, a professional man, who made good money, but he was in debt. Not that you'd ever know. He drove an ordinary car, lived an ordinary life, but when he was dating, he would lease a Lexus or a Mercedes-Benz to take these women out. He took them to lavish, you know, restaurants, very expensive restaurants, would order very expensive wine that he couldn't afford. This is how he was going increasingly in debt because he he felt insecure and he felt the need to impress these women. And when the women would fall for him, then he had to keep up the game and keep spending all this money, and he could never feel secure that the women would ever love him for who he really was. Mm. So absolutely, I want to reinforce what you're saying is do not be tricked or fooled or seduced by the outer trappings because they may, in fact, be fake. They may, in fact, just be you know, ready to collapse at any moment. What you have to be able to trust is the, the growing relationship the ability to be truthful with each other, and the ability to stay in real life. If all you're doing is running off to expensive restaurants and and flying to Tahiti, as a metaphor, you're you're never going to find out who that person is on a Saturday morning when you don't have your makeup on or or (laughs) she doesn't have her makeup on, and, and you're just sitting around reading the newspaper or, or, you know, taking out the trash, metaphorically. All right, we're going to have to go in 30 seconds if you'd both like to say something on Valentine's Day to our listeners about love. Uh, Number one for today, receive every kind of care and kindness that comes to you. It doesn't matter who it comes from. Take it in, receive it, make it real for yourself. And the way to do that, if you have difficulty receiving, is simply to say thank you. Don't let an opportunity go by to say thank you because it, it completes the circle of the giving from the other person and it also strengthens your capacity to receive. Thank you both so much, Judith. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Stay on the line. Thank you so much. Judith and Jim, Judith uh, Sherman and James Stakowski, author of The New Intimacy and Be Loved for Who You Really Are, wonderful husband and wife team. Log on to their website, themagicofdifferences.com. Take their teleseminar. Next week, my guest is Paula Egner writer and speaker who focuses on women's issues. She's the author of Ex-Wives and Ex-Lives, Survival Guide for the Next Wife. She will discuss challenges faced and solutions in remarriage. Remember, this is our Valentine's Month. Folks, again, remember this program is always on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. I've been doing this work for 20 years, and this works specifically in interviewing people that discuss positive principles, positive solutions, and positive stories. We can all have love and beauty in our lives. And, in fact, I wrote my newspaper column about that this week, that it's there. Remember the good times. Always think about the beauty. The bad times will come upon you anyway, and you can always come up in your head. But focus on what you've had that has been wonderful. And as Judith and Jim said, today be around people who love you, whether it's your spouse, your significant other, your children, friends. Be around people who love you. And I say in my column, go out and get yourself some roses if somebody didn't get them for you. So until next week, I love you all for positive living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Have a great day.
Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com.